Cube Insights from the global leader in tech coverage. Welcome to Boston, everybody. You're watching The Cube, the leader in live tech coverage, and we're here with a special presentation and coverage of the Live Work Show, sponsored by PTC of Needham, soon to be of Boston. My name is Dave Vellante. I'm here with my co-host, Stu Miniman. And Stu, this is uh, quite a show. There's 6,000 people here. Jim Heppelman this morning was up giving the keynote. Uh, PTC is a company that kind of hit the doldrums in the early 2000s, a company that, as manufacturing moved offshore, its, its core business was CAD software for manufacturers, and, and it went through a pretty dramatic transformation that we're going to be talking about today. Well, fast forward, you know, 8, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years on, this company is smoking. The stock's up 50% this year. They got a, a billion dollars plus in revenue. Uh, they're growing at 10 to 15% a year. They've shifted their their software business from a from a, 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 a perpetual software license to a recurring revenue model, and they're booming. And we're here at the original site of the Cube, as you remember well, in 2010, the Boston uh, Convention Center down at the uh, the Seaport. And uh, Stu, what are your initial impressions of LiveWorks? Yeah, it's great to be here, Dave. Good to be here with you. And uh, they, they, they dubbed this the largest digital transformation conference in the world. So, I mean, Dave, you and I have been to much bigger conferences, and we've been to a lot of conferences that are talking about digital transformation. But, you know, IoT, AI, uh, augmented reality, ro blockchain, robotics, all of these things really are about, it's about software, it's about digital transformation, uh, and a really interesting sp space. Uh, you're, you mentioned kind of the, the, the legacy of PTC. Uh, you know, I've been around long enough. I remember we used to call them parametric technologies. They right. kind of rebranded themselves as PTC. Uh, Windchill, wow, very Back some memories to me. I, you know, when I worked for a high tech manufacturing company, it was you know that's the lifecycle management tool that we used back in the early 2000s. So uh, I had a little bit of background with them, and as you said, they were based in Needham, and they're moving to the seaport, uh, hot area. Especially, you know, we, we've said Dave, Boston has the opportunity to be the hub of IoT, and it's companies like PTC uh, that are going to help you know bring that uh, those partnerships and lot lots of companies uh, to to an event like this. Well, PTC has always been an acquisitive company, as you. You were pointing out to me off camera, you know, they bought Prime Computer, Computer Vision, a number of acquisitions that they made back in the late 90s, you know, which essentially didn't pan out the way they had hoped. But now, again, fast forward to, to the, the modern era, Jim Heppelman came in, I think, around 2010, Exceda, Things Work, ThingWorks, uh, a company called Coldlight, uh, Kep, Kepware is another company that they purchased and, and took these really sort of independent software components and put them together and created a platform. Everybody talks about platform. We'll be talking about that a lot today with a number of the customers and partners of, of PTC, and we even have some folks from P PTC on. Uh, but basically, you're talking about digital transformation earlier, Stu. IoT is a huge tailwind for a company like PTC, but they had to really deliberately pivot to take advantage of this market. And, and if you think about it, you know, yes, it's about connecting uh, and instrumenting devices and machines. It's about um, you know, reaching them, what, creating whatever wireless connections, but it's also about the data. We talk about that all the time. And constructing data that goes from edge to core and even into the cloud, whether that cloud's on-prem or, or in the data center. So you're seeing the transformation of this company. Uh, obviously, I talked about some of the financials. We'll go into some of that. But an evolving ecosystem, we heard Accenture's here, Infosys is here, Deloitte is here. As I like to say, these SIs like to eat at the trough. If the SIs are here, that means there's money here. Right. Yeah, yeah, Dave, and actually a number that jumped out to me when Microsoft was up on stage, and it wasn't that Microsoft is 
investing $5 billion into IoT. The number that caught my ear was the 20 to 25 partners that it takes to deploy a single IoT solution. So anybody that's been in tech for a long time, when you see these complicated stack solutions, the SIs need to be here. It takes a long time to work through them. And, you know, integration is a big challenge. How do I get all of these pieces together? It's not something that I just tip by off the shelf. It's not, you know, shrink wrap software. This is complicated solution. It is very fragmented in how we make them up very specific to the industry uh, that we're building. So really fascinating stuff uh, that's going on, but we are still very early in the life cycle of IoT. Huge, huge, huge opportunities, uh, but big players like Microsoft, like Google, uh, like Amazon are going to be here, uh, you know, making sure that they are going to simplify that environment over time. Uh, you know, huge, uh, you know, Dave, what, what the original forecast I think we did at Wikibon was a $1.2 trillion opportunity, which most of that, that, that was actually for the industrial internet, uh, which is not the commercial things that we think about all the time uh, when, when we talk about the, the, the home uh, sensors and some of the things. We'll, we'll be talking some of the consumer stuff, but also the industrial. Well, I think a couple of key points that you're making here. First of all, the market is absolutely enormous. It's almost impossible to size. I mean, you're talking about a, a trillion dollars in sort of spending on hardware, software, services, virtually everything. But to your point, Stu, it's highly, highly fragmented. Virtually every industry uh, and, and a lot of different segmented technologies. Uh, but it's also important to point out, this is the mashing together of operations technology, OT, with information technology, IT. And those forward-leading companies, IT is actually leaning in and embracing this notion of edge computing and, and IoT. Now, I wouldn't even say that, it, that IT and OT are, are Hatfield and McCoys. They're, they're not. They're parts of the organization that don't talk to each other. So there are cultural differences. They, they use different languages. They think differently. One is largely, you know, engineers who, you know, make machines work. The other, you know, IT guys, which we obviously know what they do. They keep keep information technology systems running. They, they, they deploy a lot of new IT projects. So really different worlds that, re- that have to start, you know, coming together. Jim Hempelman today, I thought, did a really good job in his keynote. He talked about innovation, right? You usually start with, okay, we're here at point A. We want to go here. We want to get to point B. And we're going to take a straight line and and, and, and and have a bunch of linear steps and milestones to get there. He pointed out that innovation today is really a, sort of a nonlinear process. And he talked about a, the combinatorial effects of really three things, you know, machines, or, or, or the, the, the physical computers and, and humans. Machines are strong and they can do heavy lifting. Computers are fast and they can do repetitive tasks very accurately and humans are creative. And he talked about innovation in this new world coming together by combining those those three aspects, finding new ways to attack problems, uh, uh, to solve solve nature's you know challenges, and bringing nature into that problem solving. He gave a lot of examples of how Mother Nature, mimicking Mother Nature, is now possible with AI and other technologies. But pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot uh, today about the the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, a lot of discussion as to you know what 
jobs are robots going to take? I look around the show floor here, and there's a lot of cool robotics going on. Uh, but as Eric Bonjolson and Andy McAfee, uh, the, 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 the folks from MIT that we've interviewed a couple of times, talked about the second machine age, it's really, the, really the, the marrying of people and machines that are going to be powerful. And absolutely, Jim Heppelman talked about that a lot. It's, it's humans, it's physical, and it's digital. Putting those together. And then the, the other thing that he talked about is we're talking a lot about voice lately with all of these assistants, but you're really limited as to how much input and how fast you can take information in uh, from an auditory standpoint. I mean, I know I listen to podcasts at 1.5 to 2x to try to get more information in faster, but it is sight that we're going to get 80% of the information in, and uh, therefore, it's the VR and AR that are huge opportunities. I, I know when I've been talking to some of the large manufacturers, what they used to have in written documentations and then they went digital with, they're now getting you inside to be able to configure the systems with, you know, the HoloLens or, uh, you know, some of the AR headsets, the, v, the VR headsets to be able to play with that. So we're, we're really early, but excited to see uh, where this technology has come so far. Yeah, we're seeing, uh, you know, a lot of practical applications of VR and AR. We go to a lot of these shows and they'll, they'll have the demos and you go, okay, well, what do I do with this? Well, you're really seeing here at LiveWorks some of the things that you actually can do. Uh, one good example I thought they did was BEA Systems up in Nashua actually showing the, the folks that are doing the manufacturing, you know, a little tutorial on how to do that. We're going to see some surger, surgical examples today, remote surgery. There are thousands, literally thousands of examples. In the time we have remaining, I want to just do the rundown on PTC because it really is quite an amazing transformation story. You're talking about a company with $1.1 billion in revenue. Their aspiration is by 2021 to be a $2 billion company. They're growing at 10% a year. Their software business is growing at 12 to 15% a year. 15% is that annual recurring revenue. So this is an example of a company that has successfully shifted from that perpetual model to that recurring model. They got $200 million this year in free cash flow. Their stock, as I said, is up 50 percent this year. They got $350 million in cash, but they just got a billion-dollar investment from Rockwell Automation that took about 8.4% of the company, giving them implied valuation of almost $11 billion, um, which has got a little uplift from the stock market there. Um, they're, they're selling a lot of seven-figure deals. Uh, really, their core is manufacturing, uh, 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 product lifecycle management, CAD. That's the, the stuff that we know PTC uh, well from. Uh, and I talked about some of those acquisitions. Positions uh, that they made. They sell products like Creo, which is their 3D CAD software. I think they're on Rev know, 5 or 6 by now. So they've taken their sort of legacy software and sort of updated that for the digital Yep, and world. it is version 5 that they were just announced today talking about yep. really the 3D effort that they're doing there, uh, some partnerships around it. And like every other software, Dave, that we've been hearing about, AI is getting infused in here uh, because with so many devices and so much data, we really need the machines to help us process that and, and do things that humans can't keep up with. And the ecosystem is growing. This is a complicated marketplace. Uh, if you look at the Gartner Magic Quadrant, there is no leader, even though PTC is the leader, uh, but, but there is no leader. They're all in the sort of lower right. PTC is up highest. GE, interestingly, is not in there because it doesn't have an on-prem solution. Um, I don't know why GE doesn't have an on-prem solution, and I don't know why they're not uh, in there. It's, you know, I, is there another version of the Magic Quadrant that includes yeah. the, the Amazons and GEs of the yeah. world? I don't know. But uh, So that's kind of interesting. We'll, we'll try to unpack that as we go along here. Uh, PTC announced today a, a relationship with a company called Ansys, which does simulation software. Normally, simulation comes sort of after the design. They're bringing those two worlds together, the CAD, uh, the design piece, and the simulation piece sort of in closer to real time. 
So there's a lot of stuff going on here. As you said, it's 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 data analytics, edge computing, it's cloud, it's on-prem, it's blockchain for security. We haven't talked about security. A lot bigger threat matrix, so blockchain yeah, yeah, comes Dave, I, I saw a great joke. They, they, do you realize that the S in IoT stands for security? Did you know that? Oh, wait, there's what no S? S in IoT. Well, that's the point. You know, all right, so. good. So Stu and I will be here uh, all day today. This is actually a three-day conference. The Cube will only be here for day one. Keep right there, everybody, and we'll be right back. You're watching The Cube live from LiveWorks in Boston. Um, we